Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Chip Murphy here with Danny Small. Still coming down off that amazing Knicks double overtime victory in the home opener against the Celtics. I mean, there's really no words to describe that one. That was, in my opinion, the the best regular season win of the Knicks era since Melo. Like, bar none. Danny, what did you think of that one? Yeah. I mean, kind of the way I looked at it is like, obviously a bunch of Knicks fans are very pumped about the win and like, it was crazy double overtime, you know, back and forth. So like, definitely I understand being excited and the Knicks answered some questions. RJ Barrett was good defensively. They had balance on offense, uh, but it's one game. So uh, you got to kind of like put it into perspective. Uh, it's a, Really good win. It was a great atmosphere, all that. Uh, MSG was alive. But, yeah, it's just one game. Got to just put your head down. Exactly. It was one game, and it was great to beat the Celtics. Always, always is. Always is. Amazing. It's amazing for every team to beat the Celtics. Any sport beating Any sport against Boston, the Patriots, Red Sox, whoever, especially the Patriots. Let's be honest. It's it's best to beat the Patriots. Yeah. But the Knicks have a couple games coming up against the Orlando Magic. And since we have, we're playing the Magic, there was only one person we could bring on, and that's a, a longtime friend of the show and friend of ours. That is Stephen Cameron. He is the creator and host of the Close Up Magic. Stephen, thanks for coming back on, man. We appreciate it. You know I love coming on the show, guys. Like, <laughs> it's one of my favorites to, to come and chat basketball with, so I'm, I'm always down. Uh, wow. You guys like started off the season strong, huh? With, with a double overtime win and, and, in magic legend, Evan Fournier going off for, I think it was what? 32 mm-hmm. points in that yep. opener. Uh, One of our favorites magic and blew it in the mm-hmm. fourth, but then came back clutch in the, in, in overtime, uh, with a couple big threes there. So, uh, that's exciting. I'm glad to see him have like a really good debut with the Knicks. Yeah, I said yeah. to I was on a different podcast today, and I said we got the full Evan Fournier experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in that opener. <laughs> yeah, we got the, all the all the threes, all the scoring, like the he was passing, getting steals. But yeah, then that defensive breakdown at the yeah. end was that was that was bad. But then he made up for it in overtime by drilling like four threes in a row. So uh, that was that was a good good debut for Evan Fournier. It gave everyone a glimpse into uh, the whole Magic experience there. If, if 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 I can jump in here for a second, mm. if if Knicks fans aren't fully aware of the Evan Fournier experience, what that really means is like he's gonna get you buckets, like that's what he does. Uh, he can play make a little bit, but the thing that drives Magic fans crazy is is late in games he is either like Michael Jordan or he doesn't remember how to play basketball and like 
will make the most boneheaded pass ever. Um, or or he's like draining threes like he did for you all last night. So like it's not always going to be like a defensive slip. A lot of times it's like an offensive slip. Uh, but thankfully, I think you guys actually aren't going to run into that too too much offensively, um, since you know you have so many other ball handlers where the Magic did not have a lot of ball mm. handlers. So he had to do a lot more. Um, but. Yeah, you guys got it. But I, honestly, I'm psyched for you guys. I think Evan's going to be awesome for the Knicks. And, like, I just – I'm really excited for that. But uh, yeah, I will warn you, the Magic started off the season 4-0 last year. And we also ended with the fourth pick in the yeah. draft – fifth pick in the draft. So just – You never I'm not, know. I'm not never setting know. anything aside. Yeah. I want good things for Knicks fans. You guys, like, you've been through a lot. Uh, but you never know. Anything yep. can happen. That's true. That's Anything. Like what In- I said, injuries. It's one, yeah. it's one game. It's one game. That's all. That's all it is. It was a great game, but yeah, that's it. Anything can happen. That's for sure. But let's talk about the magic and that first game and the preseason. What do you think? Do that first to? game was ugly against the Spurs. <laughs> that we don't. We don't have to talk about the first season. We can talk about what you think uh, of the season so far and what what Knicks fans can expect from the Magic coming up so far. I know the. I know the Magic are beat up a lot with injuries. I think most people know that. But what can Knicks fans expect from this team? Well, we're never not beat up. Um, that's <laughs> just like our MO for the last couple of years. So I, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a really high, fast energy team going up and down the court like crazy. Um, right now we're running a lot of uh, like dribble handoffs. Um, but that's also, I think, potentially could have been scheming for the Spurs a little bit. Um, hopefully we'll see some more pick and roll against the, against the Knicks. Uh, I'm really excited, particularly about the matchups with the bigs. Um, Mitchell Robinson and um, and uh, Julius Randle versus Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. So that that I think is going to be the exciting matchups for for uh, for for the Magic, particularly. Um, obviously, our guards are are really can be fun. They they can go off or not, but like the people who have been most impressive and most consistently consistent throughout the preseason and and even up until our our, our season opener last night versus the Spurs is is our big men, Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba, who've ex- stepped up big time from last year into this year. Uh, just draining. Both of them are stretching the floor now, draining threes. Um, both of them are making really smart passes. Rebounding still is kind of an issue shoot for them so you guys will probably get a lot of offensive rebounds on us um but uh it should be a fun a fun fairly physical battle too yeah i was i was gonna say i I didn't get a chance to watch too much of that spurs game but if you just look at you know mo bomba's line six for eight three for four from three had a couple rebounds couple assists uh four blocks looks like he kind of was like had his had his hand all in a little bit of everything um so like just with bomba how like do you is is this finally the year where he kind of like breaks out of his shell? Cause for, you know, a few years in the beginning there, it was like up and down. I know he had injuries. Uh, do you think this is possibly a year with, since there's no expectations, it's kind of like go out there, you know, you're the guys go learn, go figure it out. Do you think this is a year where we could see like some big, big steps forward for him? Danny, it's, it's the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now granted, I'm going to make a joke here for a second because Mo Bamba was leading the entire magic in every category and in, including turnovers and fouls uh, <laughs> in the Spurs in the, in the season opener versus the Spurs. Got uh, a foul just, in, in the yeah. first play of the game. Last not just night. points and everything yeah. else, but you know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That, that's us. Uh, but yeah, no, Mo Bamba. Um, I mean, 
here's the thing. Mo Bamba was in a tough situation last couple of years. His rookie year, he had the leg injury. Uh, then after that, it was like the bubble season and he got COVID and he had long-term issues with COVID. And he always had like getting in physical NBA condition issues was hard for him, especially as he was growing and putting on weight. But then you add COVID issues to that where he was really affected and that just really knocked him out. And then when he was having a hard time, like getting up to speed and staying consistent, like coach Clifford's trying to win. He's trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's throwing in Ken Birch over him during that point in time. Cause he, you got to win at that point. You can't develop. So um, yeah, he doesn't have anyone holding him back right now. He's starting side by side next to Wendell Carter jr. So, uh, and, and he actually played more minutes than Wendell last night. Um, though I think Wendell might've like, like slightly tweak something in like his leg or something like that. I don't know. He, he got pulled up with like 12 minutes into the game or something like that. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, Mo looks great. His he's, he's looking efficient offensively. He's looking really aggressive offensively. He's looking a lot better positionally, um, and just alert more defensively. Um, you see you, if you, if, what I was most impressed with Mobamba last night was not so much that he lit up the box score, but just he was like, you look at him and he had the intensity going on. Like he was just super engaged, just wanting, he was doing all like the hustle plays. At one point you saw him like launching on the floor to pick up a loose ball. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you want to see from him as well as the offensive aggressiveness and the defensive positioning and, and, and eventually he'll stop fouling. But um yeah, he's been crushing it. He's been abs- him him and Wendell Carter have been absolutely crushing it this preseason and obviously our 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 season opener, which we lost in in not great fashion, but um but they did they did well. So is that the permanent starting lineup that you think you'll see until Jonathan Isaac comes back? Uh no, I think I mean Chumo Kiki will probably be back in the next week um and or so. Um he's got like a a bruised hip or something that they're just taking his time back. Mm-hmm. I, the magic are low key tanking this year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if this was a season we we're actually really going for it, like Mo, like Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac would be playing right now, but there's not like a real pressure to do that. So anyone who's got the slightest injury is like, just let's just sit you out until you're hundred <laughs> percent ready. So, um, now as soon as Chumoki, he comes back, I think we'll see one of them slide to the second unit and then you'll have Wendell or Mo starting with Chuma, who's already ruled out for Friday's game. Um, uh, you know, starting at the four and then probably Gary Harris, um, starting at the three next to Suggs or Cole or, Ross even has started in one of the preseason games. So there's a couple different lineups that are, it's hard because we haven't had full health for me to really know. But if I had to guess like full health, like a full season, like everyone would be like Fultz, Suggs, Harris, J.I., then Mo or Bamba, which everyone has like won the starting spot. Or sorry, Mo or uh, Wendell. Mo or Wendell, has, yeah. has started, the, earned that. But I think like if I had to guess, our starting lineup would be uh, the exact same of what we had uh, last night. That's it's not if I had to guess. That's going to be mm. the starting lineup tomorrow. Is what we had last night, which was Wendell Mo at the power forward and center. Um, we had you play pretty big with Wagner too. We did, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had Franz Wagner playing as well next to Suggs and Cole Anthony. Mo Bamba was the most veteran player, the oldest player on the yeah, court 23, at twenty three yeah. years Ooh. old. 
which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a rough, rough year. If it's a close game tomorrow, um, I'll, I'll be surprised. And I okay. mean, close on, on the magic, keeping it in there to be yeah. quite honest. And that's just not me being like, I'm like, I love the magic. I'm really excited for this season, but like you guys got a veteran team that are like going for the playoffs. We're mm. trying to develop like, our, our X's and O's are still like getting worked out. So, you know, at this yeah. point we're still in like developmental stage and not so much scheming stage. Right. So, um, I it think it should be fun, dude. Like someone's going to go off. Franz Wagner was going off mm. last night. So that's going to be cool. And I think just the fact that, you know, Jamal Mosley, like new coach in there, he's going up against, you know, and he's a new coach with new team, like a lot of turnover, like you said, injuries, you're not really sure who you're going to have. Um, night to night necessarily. Then you have Tom Thibodeau who has, even though the the Knicks are a little banged up here and there, but he's got his set rotations that he basically knows exactly what he's doing going into the year. They know exactly what they want to do on offense. They know exactly what they want to do on defense. Just two teams in, in different, different positions. But I mean, as Knicks, you know, uh, I'm more of a, I'm less of a fan and more of a writer now, I think over the years, but uh, I think just we've seen enough Knicks teams where we've been in that developmental stage. Yeah. And it's like I, Chip and I have talked at this at length over the years of just, you know, when you get into those January, February games and you're not even watching for like, oh, I hope they win tonight. You're watching saying, you know, let's see how Mitchell Robinson does against this person. Let's see how, you know, RJ Barrett does against this person. And I think that goes back to your point in the beginning of that front court of Carter and Bamba. This is a really good test for them because Randall is, you know, after last year's second team All NBA, he's going to be a tough assignment uh, for Carter. And then Bamba going up against a guy like Mitch, uh, who kind of they're similar skill sets. I mean, Bamba is more of a shooter, uh, can do a couple more things offensively, but they're both that you know tall, big, like rolling big. Uh, so the two of them going at it should be fun to see. Uh, and then I I do like the backcourt of the magic right now. I like Cole yeah. Anthony. I like Jalen Suggs. Obviously they're young. It's going to take some time, but I really, really like, like Jalen Suggs coming into this year. And I think you guys got to steal with him kind of falling a little bit there. Yeah. He's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm hoping some of what we saw uh, against the Spurs was just like a little bit of like season opener jitters mm. um, and that things will slow down a little bit. Cause like, Cole, Cole Anthony can do a better job of 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 running the offense while while Suggs is playing off ball a little bit more, um, and I think that's what we need tomorrow versus the the Knicks to really have like a successful like chance. Like we don't need to we don't need to let Suggs run the offense because he's not there yet. We need mm. to let him score while other people are setting up the offense, and that's where not having like secondary ball handlers like. Uh, um, Gary Harris on the court who can help in that area is going to hurt us on the wing. Um, because Franz Wagner, like he's like, he's not a creator. He's a slasher. He's a hit open three shots, right? He's not someone who's going to dribble and create for others. So if your primary creator is a brand new rookie and Cole Anthony for your starting lineup, it's going to be a little hairy. Um, mm -hmm. so I want, I want Cole to do that. I'd like Suggs needs to focus more on scoring and being a secondary ball handler, not so much like the primary. Um, and I think that's what will help us a little bit more in the game versus the Knicks the next couple of games. Um, and hopefully we can get either like one of Chuma or um, or uh, Gary Harris back for at least the second game with the, the season opener at Amway, um, which would be really nice. Yeah, I think just that, that idea that you kind of brought up there about letting, even though, you know, Suggs, I think – 
when he eventually reaches his peak, he'll be handling the ball a lot, but just having, having guys around him who can, who can handle the ball and kind of take that pressure off of him will be very, very helpful for him down the road. And I mean, honestly, that's, it's kind of a different, a different way of looking at it, but that's kind of what the Knicks did when they brought in Fournier and Kemba Walker, obviously Julius Randle and RJ Barrett aren't rookies, but just to kind of like take pressure off of somebody, I think like that's one thing. Ball hand, you can't have enough ball handlers on the floor because no. it just makes everybody's life easier. Um, and I think you're right. Suggs is kind of in a tough position here, but at the same time, sometimes, I mean, like you said, the Magic are low key tanking. It's not a terrible thing to kind of throw them into the fire here no, and just, just let them learn learn on the fly. I mean, I, I think I think he'll be he'll be fine. Of, down the road, you know? Yeah, he'll be fine. It, it, we might even see a different Suggs in one of the games, uh, you know, against the Knicks. He could go mm-hmm. off, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He he has that ability for sure. I don't think he's this, like, raw prospect that's going to take a long time. Um, but I do think when your primarily ball handlers in Markel Fultz, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, Gary Harris – Shoot, even uh, Etwan Moore, all of them are out with injury, and they're not going to play tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and even you lose some wing creation with uh, with Jonathan Isaac and and Chumo Kiki, it's just going to make things challenging. Uh, but it should be fun. Like one thing that I, I I think you guys can expect from the Magic is they're going to play hard, really hard, um, and they're not like they're not going to give up on any play, um, which is really fun because there's not going to be an easy bucket for. When I say easy, there's there's going to be easy buckets because like just talent level um, and and development for the, where our teams are at. But there's not going to be a, a a bucket that the Magic aren't trying to stop you on, which is mm-hmm. really which is going to be really cool. Yeah, that was kind of their signature under Clifford too, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know it's only been one game, but Terrence Ross has has always been a Nick killer. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah like he just killed the knicks can, can we just expect more of the same terrence ross based off what you saw on the spurs game flamethrower oh, yeah. yeah yeah For sure <laughs> he's gonna light you guys up he always does he always will uh i mean he's gonna lead the magic in scoring this season and and, and t- while he's on the team you, you know if he gets traded that's something that's another story but as long as he's on the t- team i wouldn't be surprised if he led the magic in scoring all season to be quite honest he's he's gonna light it up and he's he's got the green light that hasn't changed from the new coach to the old coach. So he's uh he's definitely going to be there. And you know they they like running him on that second unit and then just letting him torch to other people's second units. And he's doing more than just like running off a screen and hitting a three. Like you'll see him drive to the basket a bit more, which is fun. Um, you know he's he's looking for open lanes to cut and you know catch lobs when he can so yeah he's he's a bucket getter and i i wouldn't expect him to do anything less than 20 points tomorrow and probably 25 in the season opener and or in, in amway okay what's uh the opinion of him like long term because i know there was trade rumors brought up last year like the magic fans want to keep him what do you think is going to happen so it's 50 50 right terrence ross is one of the most beloved magic players that the magic have had in the last five years um he's just got that energy that really connects with fans which is great uh he's on an awesome contract two years at like 12 and 13 left uh so very tradable and he provides a skill that a lot of teams need 
But when you break it down and really look at the league and what he uh, what he provides to the Magic, which is something that not a lot of players are doing, the ability to score, the ability to space the floor consistently and hit open shots and and and, and, and attract defenders, where you know some of our players can do that might not have the respect of the league yet to do that if that makes sense right mm-hmm. um n- not many people are running out to go guard rj hampton on the line yet that's gonna change because he's hitting shots but it's not there yet um uh, people aren't game planning for them yet so here's my opinion if you look at all the contenders that would easily give a, a late first round for someone like terrence ross well they don't have first round picks the lakers the clippers the the bucks the Nets, um, the, those those teams don't have first-round picks to give. So then you're kind of looking at the next tier of, of groups of players, like uh, of teams like the Knicks, the Pacers, the Suns. The Celtics, possibly. Um, Celtics. There's that connection yeah. there from last year, maybe. Who knows? It, there's, a, there's only a couple of those teams that have picks that should um, – would, that would be able to to give up a pick for that. And I think that's what the Magic front office would want. They'd want a pick or they'd want a, a player that they could see being a part of the team. Not necessarily a young player. We got plenty of those, but maybe, you know, a, a guy on a second year, you know, a second contract or something like that who's a little bit more established, a little bit more uh, known. Um, so it really kind of depends on, on that, but I just don't really know if the market's going to level out this year to, to really welcome a trade that makes sense to what that would outweigh. I'm not in the camp of trading Ross just to get back an asset because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't think the assets are going to outweigh what <clears throat> Ross gives to the Magic um, in the now and in the long term. Um, Cause honestly I could see him resigning. He loves Orlando. His kids and family are like really embedded in the community out here. Um, you know, they go on some vacations, but they also do a lot of time just hanging out in Orlando when they're not, mm. you know, during the off season. So um, I, I, I'm not like, Hey, we need to trade him. Obviously if the right opportunity comes like, sure, let's do it. But I, I, I would, I wouldn't mind if he stayed on the team a little bit longer. And he's got, I think, he's got one year left in his deal after this year too. So even if you don't, you know, like you said, that deal kind of at at least at this point in the season, it doesn't look like that's kind of shaking out where there's going to be an opportunity there, but you know, maybe it's a little bit less compensation or something like that. But with a year left on his deal, you, you still have options going. Yeah. We got plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah. This, I I don't think it's something. He could be gone this deadline and I could be way off and way wrong on how I'm looking at the seat, the league, but I, you know, I'm not the one trying to like get him off the magic team and just get back anything that we can. Like I see a a pretty big value in what he does and, and the young kids really seem to respect him and, and, and like him. Um, And, you know, if we trade him for like a pick and a player who doesn't want to be here, then what is that? What, you know, and that pick is Mm -hmm. like a early second or a late first that might not pan out anyways. Like Mm -hmm. what, what are we talking? Like, what's the point? What are we talking about here? So, um, when, when you have a veteran that's like willing to lead this team and like try and put in the work to make this team better, like that could, that can be a longer asset than an actual longer asset, if that makes sense. No, that's a great point. Yeah. And do you really want to be the, the OKC Thunder where you're just stacking pick after pick? Exactly. As a fan, that's a terrible spot to be in. 
we're going to tank this year, and then I want them to go full force to start trying to win and improve this this roster. Yeah. I, I don't want another five-year rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not not saying like the Knicks are perfect or anything, or they're going to win a championship this year, next year, or whatever. But like, I think you see like what the Knicks did. You can you can kind of turn it around pretty quickly if you have the right coach. So you know, Magic. I would assume they think they have the right coach. They just hired him, so you have the right coach. You get a couple of young guys who gel. Maybe you know, not putting Terrence Ross on the level of like a a Julius Randle necessarily, but if you have like vets who can kind of play with the young guys and bring them up. It doesn't, it shouldn't take five years. You shouldn't be, you know, planning. Well at the 2024 draft, that's when we're really going to, you know, really get this in motion. You, you can turn around pretty quickly. The five-year rebuild is, uh, I wouldn't say a myth, but it's not, not the way I would go about doing it. No, I I don't think, I mean, we have it a little bit harder than the Knicks just simply because of our location. Like Mm -hmm. we're not in New York, we're in Orlando. Uh, you know, doesn't mean we won't get free agents, but we're not going to get the same type of free. Like Kemba Walker isn't like knocking at our door, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, but doesn't mean like, you're right. I mean, like we can make moves. We have so many assets and so many young Mm -hmm. players right now that like we can make the right trades to get the right players to then attract certain free agents. So like, anything is possible in the next couple of years. We, we got the tools. So I'm excited. Honestly, like I don't have a lot of high expectations except for individual player growth this season. Like I'm not here, like coping. We hit like 30 wins or something like that. Like it, we we're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league and that's okay. Um, but I'm like super excited about this magic team. And I think we're going to see like some, some players like really pop off this year. I'm glad you brought up trades because you guys are kind of in a position not record wise like the but uh contract and roster wise like the Memphis Grizzlies where you have young talent and tradable contracts to go get a star player and there's a lot of guys available now who are available for for trade who it seems like they're either available or going to become available Ben Simmons is the one guy who is available is there anybody out there who you can think of like a like Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, uh, eventually maybe Carl Anthony Towns. We talked about him. I don't even know how many times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny's laughing already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too many times. And I'm sure yeah. many more times during the season, yep. but is there anybody that, cause we all have that guy that we want our team to go get. Yeah. Is there anybody that you want that guy to be for the magic? Oh gosh, man. Like all of them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's you good. know, like I not this year, I'm not so much in that rush because like, I feel like if we were to make that like move now, it'd put too much of pressure on like some of these younger players who aren't necessarily like that would still be left on the roster that might not be ready for that next level yet. Like I really do think Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, um, even Fultz, like, I feel like they really need like a full season to really just kind of like mesh. And we need, we probably need that to evaluate which, which ones we're willing to keep and which ones we're willing to send away. Like there's, there's going to be some debate there between like magic fans right now. Like who's, who's the better player long-term Cole or RJ. Right. Um, that's, that's like a real conversation that's happening in magic Twitter right, right now. And, uh, you know, and, and all of our forwards, we have J.I., Chuma, uh, Franz Wagner, um, you know, kind of still this like 
no one like everyone can kind of play the three, but no one is like a natural three. Um, you know, we have decisions to make on Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. We're not going to keep both of them. Um, now, granted, we just extended Wendell, but that doesn't mean we might not keep Mo Bamba and potentially flip Wendell a little bit later. So there's there's still questions about this roster that we need answered before we go make that big move. But man, I would love like a scoring wing. Like, you know, like if if Bradley Beal is available and, you know, or, or a guy like a Beal, you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell in like the next year gets just fed up with his situation in Utah, right? But he's still got multiple years left on their contract. Those are the type of stars that I'm looking for. Guys that still have two, three years left on the contract that are that are kind of disgruntled. Maybe two years is more realistic. Um, because like, or or a guy at the end of their rookie contract that we would still have their rights for a restricted mm-hmm. free agency. Um, because we go after, you know, Beal right now or you know, who else, you know, Dame Lillard or, or, or someone who's at the end of their contract, like they're going to, they're going to ask for out. Like they're not going to resign with us when their contract's up because we're just not going to be there yet. They're those guys are probably on, you know, teams that are already in the playoffs and we're going to be that team trying to make the playoffs. So we kind of need to be that team, like already at the edge of the playoffs Mm-hmm. Or, or looking like that's where we're projecting before we go trade for that guy to bring us solidified, bona fide playoff team, if that makes sense. That's like that's my theory to going and getting that mm-hmm. guy. But that's eventually what the Magic are going to have to do. In the next year or so, we're going to have to consolidate some of these young players, get rid of some of these picks that we have, and go trade for a disgruntled star and have them help us take it to the next level. Is there any other way to build a contender in the NBA? <laughs> not, not really. Maybe not anymore, honestly. <laughs> not like in with, Orlando. With, yeah. with the way free agency is going, too, it's it's getting tougher and tougher for uh, for teams to do that. Um, the next CBA contract negotiations are going to be really interesting. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, we have to talk about Chuma because, I mean, Zach Lowe, just wrote his five most intriguing players for the upcoming season. And if you if you don't know who Chuma Okiki is, you have to read, watch clips of Chuma Okiki. Uh, if you, I'm sure most of you know who Zach Lowe is. Zach Lowe just wrote about Chuma in his uh, in his five most intriguing players to watch for the upcoming season. Stephen, what do you think of Chuma? for this season what do you think his role is going to be what should Knicks fans expect to see from him if he I know he's a little banged up right now but if he ends up playing in one of the two games okay so I first off I'm going to say I haven't read that Zach Lowe article and I didn't know he was in there so I'm going to go read that right after (laughs) we get off this phone call um man Chuma's awesome like he's got one of the highest IQs on the team as far as basketball, in my opinion, like he just, he always knows where to be. He is a super smart defender, uh, you know, great off ball, like help defender, really solid on ball defender. Um, he, you probably don't want him on point of attack, uh, defense, but like he can, like if a switch gets onto him, like he can handle it if need be. Um, so like just defensively, he's, he's always, he's, he's a troublemaker defensively. Cause he'll, he'll, he'll give people issues for sure. Offensively. Don't leave him open. He will drain a three in your face. Um, 
at the end of last year, we started seeing him handle the ball a lot more and do a little bit more creating, which was kind of cool and like passing for others. He's a willing passer, but not always going to pass, if that makes sense. So like if he's got the shot, he'll take it, but he also knows when to pass and give it to someone else. Or, you know, if he sees someone else like making a smart cut, he'll pass to them. So, um, yeah, he's just a very smart player. He's really young. He's going to pop this season. And a lot of teams are going to like, like feel that they slept on him in the draft and, and just kind of forgot about him because he hasn't played much these last couple of years because of, you know, injury, his, his rookie year that he was held out on rehabbing. And then last year, uh, yeah, he played a decent amount last year, but like not a whole lot until the end of the season when like we kind of blew it up and, and then he won, you know, he was putting up like 17 a night. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I, I loved him at Auburn. I watch a decent amount of SEC basketball. He was he was great at Auburn. Just I think the word you used was perfect. He's a troublemaker. Like he he's out there. He's he's like not always gonna put up like crazy numbers or like eye popping box score stats. But he's just like he's got his hand in everything a little bit. You know he's he's all over the court. You know kind of like what you were saying earlier about how you know these magic they're not gonna they're not gonna give you anything easy necessarily they're gonna they're gonna be working their tails off on every play and i think okiki is he's kind of that i love i love that word troublemaker that's a good way to describe him i have a feeling we'll see him in the the home opener for the magic Mm -hmm. i he's not gonna play on friday they already said that but i i'm hoping that we can see him for the home opener uh in amway which would be really nice okay Good. Yeah. I mean, he was, I know he was a big recruit in college. He only slipped to you guys because he was hurt. Yeah. Right, in college. So he was supposed I mean, to be like a top mm-hmm. 10 pick until he got hurt. Yeah. And we picked him up at 16. Yeah. I think he was still, yeah. I think he was still a lottery pick. He missed his entire rookie season, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the magic actually did something really interesting with him. Um, he signed a Geely contract and then at his first season after he was drafted, he didn't actually sign his rookie scale contract until next year, uh, the following year, which was last season. So he actually has the same rookie contract as uh, Cole Anthony and uh, RJ Hampton. Um, they delayed him. They delayed his contract by a year. I think, the only reason why we drafted him at 16 is because like we like he agreed to that structure of like signing mm-hmm. one year of G League and then that because if not he probably would have slipped to the 20s I'd imagine, um, but we uh yeah somehow they finagled that so we have an extra year of him while he spent basically a a G League contract rehabbing an ACL so we have him for this is technically a sophomore year on an NBA contract crazy. So th- this is the question every Knicks fan is wondering. Is it about Dwayne Bacon? No, not Dwayne uh, Bacon. The last time we talked, we, we spent uh, an unfortunate amount of time talking about Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, was, I love Dwayne Bacon. All right. I, was gonna I, say, I wanted to see him play. He got cut. Yeah. I mean, Iggy, Iggy Brasdakis, is he going off against uh, the Knicks this weekend? <laughs> there are our old friends who Stevens. Steven's facial expression and lean back in the chair. He was, he was one of those guys who was on the Westchester Knicks for like, he was just like buried there and putting up great numbers, like crazy box score stats. And you know, everyone on Twitter got to bring up Iggy, got to bring up Iggy, but he just never, not that he never got a chance, but he just never got it done when he actually came up. 
for the Knicks. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Dwayne Bacon, a guy who only <laughs> has eyes for the basket and doesn't know how to pass. Uh, he's a frustrating player for me. Um, he's going to light you guys up. Yes, I hope he does. I hope <laughs> he's he's going gonna to have his first 40-point game in the he's NBA. He's going to have a 40-point game with like zero assists, zero rebounds, uh, <laughs> and probably a handful of turnovers. Um you know, hopefully maybe he's got a career high of assists with like at least two. So. <laughs> I can't wait to put no, this he's in fine. the podcast description. There's going to be like at least two Knicks fans who were like, what the fuck? Iggy's going to be good I, someday. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's I'm so, over-exaggerating there. a little Yags. bit. But Maniacs. there's just like a couple of moments where you watch him and you're just like, dude, like pass the damn ball. Mm. Like, what are you doing? And like, he's just got like tunnel vision for the basket. And I was like, Dwayne Bacon, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's cool. I, you know, he's a two-way player. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can give for the magic. I probably not someone I would have targeted with that spot, but that's okay. I'm, I'm glad that he's on the team. I'm gonna support him and hopefully he lights you up. That's, that's my hope for Mr. Iggy. I'd be, I'd honestly be okay with that. I'd, I'd be yeah. happy, happy to see he, him have his moment. He, he's probably going to play tomorrow. Like, yeah. Right. He, what did he play? Uh, he, he played he, a decent amount of minutes played in the first quarter, yeah, he played about 20, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, we only had 10 available players, and all 10 of them played. There you yeah, go. What I, what I, that's what I was going to say. Once you guys get some healthy bodies back, I think he'll yeah, be he in might, the bench again. He might, he might be uh, relegated to, yeah. <laughs> so. What can the Magic expect from the Knicks? Like, the Magic can. Evan Fournier is going to try and kill us. I was the Magic just going to say, ex- they can expect. Evan Fournier yeah. just took 25 shots in the opener. He's going to. What's the over under on shots he takes at Amway? Is it 40? Tw- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can, you can guarantee that Tom Thibodeau will be coaching both of these games as if it's game seven of the NBA finals because sure. it doesn't matter. Regular season, don't matter. It's all gas, no break for. Uh, for Tom Thibodeau, he's just Julius Randle's probably going to play 40 minutes in one of the games. RJ Barrett might hit 40. Uh, yeah, the Knicks. How's RJ looking? How did he look in that season opener? So I feel like he's can have a season where he pops off. He and uh, that's I we're we're big RJ uh, RJ believers here. And what he did in the in the home opener, I think he had he had zero points in the first half but played really, really good defense on Tatum throughout the game. Third quarter, and this is this goes back to last year. RJ, like, will be very quiet offensively in the first half and then go have, like, a breakaway dunk and then all of a sudden just pop off in the third quarter. So he had 10 points in the third quarter. I think he finished with 14, but I think um, he was the primary defender on Tatum for probably, like, 18 to 20 of his shots, and Tatum was – eight for 30 from the field, two for 15 from three. So, I mean, Chip, you can, you can take it from here. You know, you know, just how much uh, RJ was important in that game. Um, Yeah. It's just like, it might, you might not, you might not notice it if you're just looking at the box score where you caught a few minutes, but RJ was aside from Randall and Fournier, he was probably the third star in that game just for, just for covering Tatum, switching on to Jalen Brown a little bit and trying to slow him down. And oh. that's that's really the number one thing RJ has to do this year is just become that lockdown wing defender. Yeah, and he was. I mean, he was, and also yeah. he had 19 points in the second half and two overtimes. Oh, 
Oh, he okay. Yeah, I think he had fourteen at the end of regulation, but yeah, okay. Yeah, nineteen, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, be- even did. better than I thought. Yeah, he he's and he started to find his stroke too. He, I mean, mm-hmm. his three point shot, how far that's come is just incredible. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's in such a short time too to be able to find that. It just shows his skill level. But yeah, his mm-hmm. his defense against Tatum, my God, mm-hmm. yeah, like I and uh, obviously Jalen Brown was mm-hmm. was crazy in that game. But and Tatum did he did miss a decent amount of open shots like he he wasn't himself. Uh, you every once in a while you see Tatum kind of just have one of those duds. I feel like he had one in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but it, he was missing shots. But you can't take anything away from Barrett. Barrett was right in his grill the entire time, picking yeah, him up, Tatum gets, picking him up Tatum three, gets three, three quarter, happy, yeah, sure. picking up three quarter court sometimes. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Tatum, fifteen of his thirty shots were threes, and he was yeah. couldn't hit anything. Yeah, he and he hit, takes awesome. a lot of pull up long threes, but mm-hmm. RJ was right in his jersey the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't get awesome. any easy shots. Sorry for the background noise, guys. My uh, my wife just got home. <laughs> All good. Was... Um, I'm super psyched to see RJ play tomorrow. Uh, that'll be really fun. And um, I mean, he's just a player I'm like super high on, and and I like have a just I, I when I when immediately when you guys kept Rose, got Evan, got Kemba. I'm just like, RJ is going to excel because of those. And, and just because they're going to provide more stability for him, take off a tiny bit of pressure and really just allow him to operate a little bit more like he needs to. And so, um, yeah, I'm super psyched to see what he looks like tomorrow. That'll be fun. Yeah. I think we're Chip and I were, we're on the same page with you of like, Kemba and Fournier coming in. A lot of people were like, well, how's RJ going to get his hit, like his buckets? How's he going to, he's going to be the fourth option. It's like, no, it's like, those guys are going to just like open things up for him. And it's going to be like a nice balance, huge upgrade going from Alfred Payton to Kemba Walker. And I'm sure as a, as a magic no, guy, Alfred Payton you, slander, please. I don't, I don't dislike Alfred Payton, but no, Steven loves Alfred. Steven loves Alfred Payton. I was one of the, I'd say the softer, softer people, on Alfred Payton when he was in New York. I, I don't dislike him at all. We can be friends then, but, Danny. <laughs> but the, just the fact that teams have to actually guard Kemba Walker at the three-point line is going to be huge for Alfred Payton. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. for RJ Barrett, not Alfred Payton. But No. Kemba Walker is a massive upgrade over Alfred mm-hmm. Payton. Alfred Payton is in a good spot for him right now, which is like third point guard for mm-hmm. the Suns. That's, that's yeah. solid. So. Yeah, because obviously – Last year, Knicks fans took it pretty, uh, pretty far with Alfred. They were that, that was it was got brutal got for him Magic a couple. Fans before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's. I'm, I'm sure, sure he's from the Pelicans fans and the Suns fans. <laughs> yeah, before that. yeah. Suns fans again. Fan, but I understand. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he he went back to Phoenix, and the Phoenix fans are like, Jesus Christ, this guy again. Yeah, the worst is that just the the false narrative about his defense. It's just like he's yeah. not a good defender. It's like, yeah, he's not, he's not a lockdown defender. Stop saying that. That was Cl- want- Clyde Frazier used to say that every game. He'd be like, <laughs> defensive player of the year in college. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was he was obsessed with that. Yeah. I don't want to turn this into an Alfred Payton podcast. Um, I do. I, I've done that too many times to chip in the past. So yeah. yeah, no one. Com- we're done. I was I was on Nick's film school podcast today and Andrew Claudio, the pod the producer of the podcast called him number six because he didn't want to say his name <laughs> that's how far we've taken it isn't it? 
I love uh, it. I love it's, it. It's hilarious. It's it's very funny. But I saw some Knicks fans, and I'm sure Stephen, you can relate to this, getting upset with the amount of shots Fournier was taken in the first half already. We know uh, Knicks fans are very passionate <laughs> uh, because RJ. I don't. I think he took two shots in the first half. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, Fournier. Fournier played well in the first half, but he played his best ball in the second half, and obviously he played. I think he had 12 points in the overtimes. So mm-hmm. He had three threes in the in the second the, overtime. He the blink amazing. of an eye. Like. Yeah, he was oh came out of nowhere. But the first half, RJ didn't score. Uh, so can you talk about what you think for impact Fournier is going to have on RJ and the young guys? Well, he's definitely going to take scoring away from them. Um <laughs> He has a little bit of tunnel vision too. He does like to attack the basket and score, but I think that can be worked out through coaching. Um, that 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 might just take a little while as the as the mind shift for him. But I mean, like, he's a smart player. You know, he knows how to make. He knows how to get to the basket. Like, I'm I'm sure, um, I'm sure some of the younger guys on the team are gonna are gonna learn better ways to score. Like, simply like your wings will have a, a nice mentor a little bit in that aspect. Uh, you know, now maybe your wings can show him a little bit more on how to be a better defensive player. Um, there could be mentorship both ways right there. Um, but, but you know, Evan's a team player. He's he's going to buy into the system. Everyone's going to like him. Um, he, he doesn't cause drama or issues within the team. Um, like everyone knew he was going to get traded. He knew he was going to get traded, and he played his heart out to the very last minute and actually got the buzzer beater um game winning shot the day before he got traded so like he's he's someone that's going to buy into it like i hope Knicks fans are going to be frustrated because there's going to be times where he might have a costly turnover that will cost you a game might take a couple of boneheaded shots in the beginning of a game that maybe should go to other players but like he's gonna play hard for you he's gonna like give it all he's got every single night so i think um there's a little bit of love hate, but at the end of the day, I, it tends to be love. Cause I think what he does more positively on the court um, and with the team tends to outweigh the couple games. He might be a cause of a failure on, you know, um, and then hopefully he can perform for you guys in the playoffs. That's one thing that he has not done well is performing in the playoffs. So um, I do have like the Knicks as a playoff team in the East. So it'll be, it'll be great to see him in a different uniform with a different, like tier of hierarchy on the on the Knicks to see <clears throat> excuse me what he does for for them in the playoffs so um yeah I, I think only positive for the young players to be honest yeah I'm look for Fournier I mean everyone in New York loves Kemba because it's obviously hometown kid but Fournier was the one pickup I was um, I'm most excited about I think just because I actually I'm a big French basketball fan oh, cool. I, I've like can't root for Team USA. They're too good. So I've ro- I've been rooting for Team France for a few years. So I've always been a been a big fan of Fournier. Um, I got a question, not about the current season, and uh, it is about some past um, players of the Knicks. One that we might have already mentioned, but I'm not going to say his name yet. Um, who is more hated by Knicks fans, Mario Hazonia or Alfred Payton? Both oh, ex Magic Payton. Peyton. Is it okay? Hazonia. has got there's like a weird love for Hazonia in New York because, uh, because weird, Giannis, right? the Giannis game, the, the Giannis game. game and the, the LeBron game. He he like he dunked on Giannis in a game they won and then like stepped over him. And then he had the 
the LeBron where LeBron missed the game winner and he was like pointing, laughing yeah. at him. Like Knicks fan, it's I, it's I feel like it's hard to hate his own. Yet. He's like very frustrating <laughs> on the court. He's kind of all over the place. But like something about him is just it's like uh, that's just Mario being Mario. Yeah, the whole the the line about Ricky Rubio when he was when he was still overseas, when it was uh, playing when he was playing at Barcelona and they asked him, uh, are you going to go see Ricky Rubio play? And he said, why would I go see Ricky Rubio play? He should come see me play yeah. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or Rick, not Ricky a... Rubio, sorry, Lionel Messi. Yeah, it was okay, yeah, 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 Lionel yeah, Messi. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh no croatian I, kobe he's yeah. ridiculous i uh i had to ask because i don't think i've actually ever chatted with chip about about mario um which is funny i don't think so yeah he's like, which is like which Hazonia. is pretty funny because we we've talked so many times we never talked about hazonia and he's it's just a he's so i mean i guess interesting is he's so bad <laughs> frustrating yeah. yeah croatian kobe Great nickname. I didn't mean to derail it, but I was thinking about that earlier and I wanted to ask that before because I actually had no idea what I mean. I figured Knicks fans would like him because of his couple of highlight moments and that like it's what everyone magic fans are still talking about his summer league performance, right? So I get it. Oh, so he's he's your Kevin Knox. Yeah, I was was just gonna say literally Kevin Knox. Oh, the summer league. Is Kevin Knox still on your team? Yeah. Buried, yeah, buried pretty far, far down on the bench, but uh, he's still there. He needs a new situation. Yeah, I think it would be best for everyone, honestly. Yeah. Like, he's clearly not able to uh, to get in the rotation, and he's just one of those guys. Yeah. It is what it is. But um, any any final thoughts we got here, guys, on on the upcoming weekend? We got the home and home double header, Magic Knicks, the moment everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> the moment, the moment I've been waiting for. That's. Yeah, that's true. Chip, Chip as the, the biggest Magic slash Knicks fan. Chip does have some like some serious Magic fandom in him. And I appreciate <laughs> that's we were right before right before you came on, Chip and I were talking and we were saying, think like this podcast has a very healthy relationship with Magic fans. Like I love it. We we hate we hate Celtics fans. We hate like Lakers fan. We hate a lot of different fan bases, but we are we are like a in alliance with magic fans we feel like i hate like half the magic fans so like <laughs> yeah you guys probably have love for them and where i have annoyance yeah. for them so yeah boring. okay that's that's true yeah well we probably don't hear from them as much as you do so that's uh probably why they don't uh, we're not fed up with them yet I had this like emotional thought earlier today where I wanted to go off on magic fans on this podcast, but I'm going to save that for another show. You guys don't deserve to hear my frustration. (laughs) We've had a lot of smiles and laughs right now. So we're going to just leave it there. Um, I'll just give my prediction on what I think is going to happen. I I think the magic are going to get politely smoked in Madison square garden. And then I think it's going to be a much tougher game because i think chumo kiki's gonna come back i'm speaking into existence i think mm-hmm. Her- uh i think uh gary harris gonna come back for the ho- season opener um and and at amway on this over the weekend and i think we see a really close game with evan fournier get the 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 final shot to win the game so i think it's gonna be two and oh just a lot closer in amway with evan fournier getting revenge on us i would sign up for that i think so yeah the Fournier, the lock of the weekend is Fournier over on points. And 
in that one for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if the magic pulled something out of their butts for the for the home opener, but I just don't like I just I'm still wrapping my head around this team and this coach that I honestly just don't know what to expect. Like that's part of the reason why I'm just like giving it to the Knicks because I just don't know yet. Like I don't know much about like Coach Mosley's uh schemes yet and how he wants to run this team. Mm-hmm. Like I know they're gonna play fast and they're gonna play hard, but like I still don't know if dribble handoff is his favorite thing in the world or if he believes in a, uh, believes in a pick and roll like ever. Uh, guys, I was watching the game this morning. I couldn't watch it last night. I didn't see my first pick and roll until like there was five minutes left in the first quarter. Like that's how little pick and roll I saw uh, in, 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 with the Magic last night. And so it's just like, yeah, I'm still learning. Is that just was that a scheme thing for the Spurs? Is that his philosophy right now? Like, so I, I don't know. So with so many unknowns, I'm just like, you know, I could I could be a, a blind biased fan and say yes, let's you know the Magic are going to take we're going to split this one and one, but I think the reality is we that that it's it's probably going to be the Knicks. Just don't tell anyone I said that. Yeah, we'll we'll cut that part out. We'll cut that yeah, part yeah, out. Right. Yeah. 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 Just yeah, bleep that out for you. Um, but thanks again, everybody, for listening for Nick's State of Mind. Steven, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we always appreciate having you on. And hopefully, uh, maybe the next time the magic play later and down the year, we'll uh we'll have you back and see how that development's coming. Dude, I hope we can get back on later on the year. Like, hopefully at that point, I'll know more about the team and where we're mm-hmm. at, and we'll see some more healthy players. And Jonathan Isaac's just, like, locking you guys up, and we're yep. the ones smoking you guys. And, like, you're down by 20, and Evan Fournier's crying, and Kendall Walker's <laughs> crying. Yep. Mitchell yep. Robinson's getting shut down by Mo Bamba. Like, you know, oh, who's going to have more blocks next tomorrow this weekend mo bamba or bamba Ooh. bamba like the entire knicks team or mo bamba oh okay i thought you were saying bamba or, uh, the, uh, or mitch no definitely more than mitch knicks. i think bamba is gonna have more blocks than the entire knicks organization uh through these two games depends that's my, if that's my prediction i wouldn't disagree with you but i think it depends if nerland's noel plays if he's healthy and he plays that might change Fair. but Fair. but i don't think that's a crazy prediction that's that's another one I'm going after. Yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be tagging Steven and Close Up Magic and all his stuff in the tweet we send out tomorrow, or I guess today when you guys are listening. We'll have everything in there. So go check out his stuff. Go read his magic stuff. Um, thanks again for coming on. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Peace.